Inspiration now in session. Inspire guys, people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher. Let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you. Let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your genes. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People. How y'all feeling today? What is going on in your life? Answer me. Oh yeah, I want you talking back. I told y'all before, I want you talking back. I can hear you. You know what I'm saying? I feel it. Listen, I still have a show because you're listening to the show. And I want to appreciate you for that. Because guess what? When I started this thing, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was just walking by faith. If you want me to be extra honest on today, I still don't know what's going to happen. I'm literally in this show walking by faith. And sometimes that's scary because like yourself, I too am a human being. And as human beings, we get scared about what we don't know. Think about it. Most of the times that you're scared, in life, most of the times that you feel fear is because you literally don't know what's on the other side of whatever is happening. I can't think of too many times that you're going to get extra scared if you kind of know what's going to happen, because if it's bad, you're just going to prevent doing that. Like, oh, I'm going to start a show and it's going to be horrible. Nobody's going to like it. After two weeks, I'm off the air. You know what? I'll just not start a show. But we don't have that luxury all the time. I can think about being a kid, which I often do. And I'm realizing on this show, as I talk through topics, that I really think about being a kid a lot. But I guess it's because a lot of the things that I've learned in life stuck with me from being a child, which also, sidebar, makes me think about the importance of being a parent in the future. Like when I'm a parent, I'm thinking like, man, I got to be extra careful of the experiences that I give my children and also be mindful of things to keep them away from because whatever's happening in their life, it may stick with them. So let's say if your kid is seven years old and you're watching a movie and you're not sure if it's suitable for a seven-year-old to watch, then stop and ask yourself a question. How would I feel if this stuck with them? If the answer is good, let them watch it. If not, don't. Just something to think about. Anyway, when I was a child, I thought as a child, and now that I'm a man, I put away childish things. So I can remember being literally afraid of the basement. Now, as I think through the situation, there was a lot going on in the basement that I didn't understand as a child. First things first is the furnace. You know what I'm saying? Because it's making noise. And as a kid, I can't really put all the pieces to the puzzle together in my mind as to like, yo, why is all this noise happening down there? And it sounds like stuff is happening. So the worst thing ever as a child would be when my mother used to ask me, 
to go and grab something out of the basement. It's like, oh, you want me to go get it by myself. All right, I would literally stand at the basement door and be like, okay, let me, mm, let me see. Okay, how are we gonna do this? And then it's like, pew, pew. I just run real fast. In like three seconds, I'm back upstairs. Why? Because I ain't know what was gonna happen in the basement. I didn't understand the basement. There was a lot of unknown going on. And there's a lot of other things in life that we're afraid of simply because we don't know. Okay, so here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna throw out a couple of more examples of situations where we get fearful because of the unknown, and I wanna see how much we have in common. So you shoot me an email at germainwilsonmusic at gmail.com and let me know which one you relate to most. Maybe there's more than one, I don't know. Here we go, taking a test. I can think of times when I took a test in school and if I knew the answers, I had a little pep in my step that day. Like, hey, how's it going? Hey, how you doing? I'm great. Everything feels good, right? You ever walk into a classroom and you don't know the answers to the test and you know you didn't study? You know how scary that is? So you know what happened to me? You just guess. And it's not fun when you have to guess. When you're telling yourself, okay, I'm gonna hit this multiple choice with the A, B, D, D, C, D, B. Like, no, man, don't nobody want to go through life guessing. I need to know some answers. You know what I'm saying? So I was afraid of that. What else were we afraid of? Oh, have you ever gone up to a cash register and wasn't quite sure if you had enough in your account to cover the bill? Oh, man, that right there will throw you into a cold sweat. You sitting up there like, oh, so it's $98. And 67 cents. And you're like, oh my goodness, did the phone bill already clear? And you sitting there and really you just gambling. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all just at that cash register every week just gambling because you don't know if you have the money or not. And you know what that does? It brings fear into your heart. And then don't let it mess around and decline. And you looking like, hold on, wait, um, no, I know, I know it's money on there. First of all, how come every time your card declines, you have to say out loud, oh, I know it's some money on there. And everybody around you looking like, mm. well, evidently, your money is not there. And that's pretty embarrassing. Do you want to know how I know it's embarrassing? Because I'm speaking from experience, people. I have been at that register at times in my life and knew good and well that the money probably ain't in there, but I'ma take this chance to see if maybe something didn't clear at the right time. You know, I was a whole different type of broke. You know what I'm saying? When I'm spending money that I know I don't have, but I'm just hoping I still have it right now, and that someone's gonna be getting the overdrafting fee, listen, I don't advise you to think like that. I no longer have a poverty mindset, but I just want you to know that I understand. How about a job interview? Have you ever gone into a job interview just straight up scared, heart beating out of your chest, you're sweating, you're breathing hard, you know how you had a little nervous talk in your voice, hey, you you ever start talking and, and the nerves is in there and you trying to clear the nerves out because you're afraid of what you don't know. You're going into this job interview 
not knowing how this person is going to look at you or feel about you, not knowing if you're going to say the right thing. And there's all these unknowns and it makes you afraid. And if you went in there and shook their hand and it's like, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? You got the job. I bet you if you got the job on the front end, that interview, you'll be in there relaxed. Like, oh, yeah, you'll start telling the truth if you actually knew you were going to get the job. Because let's be real. It's a lot of people going to job interviews lying like a mud. Line, line, line like a mud. You're going in there like, oh, yeah, I'm always on time. Oh, yeah, I'm, and you're talking in your work voice. You know you have a work voice, right? Everyone has a work voice. Don't lie to me. You have a work. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing great today. You haven't talked like that the whole time I knew you. And we've been friends for 20 years. What is worse than not knowing something? Is thinking you know, but you still have no idea. Like, I feel like thinking that you know something is worse than knowing that you don't know something. And when I was growing up, I used to look at the other kids in school, and there was always some kids in, like, middle school that their parents bought them any and everything they ever wanted in the world. And if I'm being 100% honest, there are times that I was envious of those kids because of what I thought I knew. I thought the fact that their parents were buying them everything that they wanted was a great thing. But I was a kid. I didn't really know what I didn't know. You see what I'm saying? Meanwhile, my parents were actually teaching me things and instilling things in me that may not have had that materialistic value of the things that I saw, but I would grow and learn later that the things they were teaching me stuck with me and actually were a greater investment and paid off in other ways. For instance, my parents would take us to look at huge houses. And as a kid, it irritated me to be honest because I knew we couldn't afford the house. Again, a kid that thinks they know something that they really don't know. I didn't see the value or the point in going to look at a $1.4 million house when we were living on Seven Mile on the east side of Detroit and probably a $15,000 house. I don't know how much the house costs, but I know like right now, I think it's like $500. Hey, in a perfect world, I would go buy the house that I grew up in, fix it up, and allow someone else to live there. But the world isn't perfect, and neither am I. So my parents taking us out of our environment, showing us something different in the world. I didn't know that that would have value later in life that I would believe that I can be better than where I am because I've already been exposed to something better. Hey, I didn't know. I thought I knew and I was wrong. But thank God for my parents actually instilling something in me that would have a benefit later in my life. And there are a million other examples that I could throw out there from my parents. I grew up in an entrepreneurial household. And so there were things that I was seeing in business that I was learning and I didn't know I was learning. So maybe I just need to realize that I don't know nothing, but it's like, how do I continue not knowing stuff without being afraid? I don't know. Oh man, let me guess who's randomly knocking on my door during my show. Why is this door locked? Lavelle. So is that Lavelle out there, y'all? Hey, don't. 
What you doing, man? That door, keep that door locked. Lock. Oh my God, why was the door locked? <laughs> I I don't know, man. It ain't had nothing to do with me. I, I didn't tell them anything about keeping the door locked no matter what. Man, this is ridiculous, man. I, I should have free access all the time, man. Why do you feel that you should have free access to my studio? Huh. Thank you. Yeah, I had nothing there. <laughs> Got him. Listen, man, so I was, I was uh, on the way over here. I was thinking about something. Oh, man, I'm scared. You should be. Okay. This is about to be a deep conversation. Whew, okay. All now, right, this is something new. Yeah, okay. Well, okay, now, now, now think about it now. You, you call me churchy. Yes, you're very churchy. You know, and uh, I know sometimes I can start off talking about one thing, but in the end. Okay, I don't know where this is going. I'm going to get some kind of revelation. <laughs> that is true. That out is of true. anything. You ever notice you can get a revelation out of anything, man? Movies. This be all kind of revelation in movies. Man. People sneaking in your studio. Yeah, I can get a revelation <laughs> out of anything. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's what I feel like is happening right now. All right, so as you know, recently I threw a surprise birthday party for my wife. Yeah, right? yeah. pretty dope situation, man. Congratulations on halfway surprising her. You're right, right. Yeah, she her, it was her, almost a surprise. Almost a surprise. <laughs> I put a lot of work into that, Doc. Yeah, and a lot of money. But anyway, right. Um, you know, it was funny. Like when you when you're throwing a surprise for somebody. They have no idea for the most part in the beginning. Like they don't really know exactly when, when I say they, they have no idea. I mean, they don't know the details of what's going on. Right. They may have some inclination that Oh, maybe somebody trying to do something. But for the most part, in general, they don't know what's going on. Yep. When you don't have any idea what's going on. It's frustrating. Yeah. And you can act a fool. Yeah, that, you know that is possible. And uh, now so my you, wife, are you saying your wife acted the fool? I, I did not. I did okay. not say that. <laughs> I'm just she, making sure she she listens, Doc. I not at all. All right, I'm trying to make sure you're good to go home, <laughs> bro, because you can't stay here. <laughs> but uh, you know, it got to the point where it was. It got really difficult to surprise surprise her because she is very inquisitive. Mm, she's nosy. Yes, but I could I can't say that. <laughs> Sorry. I, I didn't say it, sweetie. He said it. But um Yeah, so so throwing her this, this surprise party was was really, really rough. And we pulled it off, like you said, for the most part. She wasn't totally surprised, but she really, really enjoyed herself. It was a little bit of surprise there, because there's always that thought, well, I didn't one hundred percent know, but maybe I seventy five percent knew or whatnot. But what I was thinking about okay. was the fact of how sometimes God mm. wants to bless us. Okay. I like but, where this is going. All but right. we act the fool mm. because we don't understand the process. Okay. All right. Now, now I feel the anointing. Ah. Now, okay. You got, you got me now, bro. <laughs> You talking good? Go ahead and finish, bro. You said process and something just shook. Uh, <laughs> let me let me even think about it though. It's like we don't always understand right where we're going or why God is taking us a certain way. Okay, this is a deep conversation. I see what you're doing, brother. Uh, uh, I see uh. what you're doing. So so there's this the the idea is like okay. 
God has some surprises for me, Mm -hmm. some Mm -hmm. things that he has not yet revealed to me in my life, Mm -hmm. but he's already planning to do it. Ah. I think that's what makes a surprise kind of crazy is because the person who is actually planning the surprise, Mm -hmm. they already know what's going to happen. You see what I'm saying? See, I got into this real quick. Ah, The person planning the surprise already knows what they're planning to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you, it hasn't been revealed to yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so can you help me make this connection? So, we have we're we're going through this life mm-hmm. and we're supposed to be trusting God that whatever you have oh walk by faith and not by sight. Ah, yes sir. Yes sir. Walk by the surprise. <laughs> Woo! All right, don't quote me on that. Somebody going to be like they twisting up scripture. I promise we not. It's not that that really just came out of nowhere. You know, during during the process of, of trying to surprise my wife, she had, she had caught a cold, right? And so she wasn't feeling her best that day. Okay. So she said something to me early in the day. Cause I, what, what I did was I told her that where we were going was actually something that you were hosting. Oh, throw me into the, Oh, absolutely. Fire of <laughs> <Yes>. lies <laughs> yep. that you're telling your wife. You're right. Surprise. Okay. I had that Abraham spirit. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I told her we were going to something you were hosting. And that was my way of getting her out the house. Okay. Technically I didn't lie. Because you were the host at the party. So anytime someone says technically then it, it, I, it's borderline. We, there's a way to twist the truth. Ah, okay. That that might be <laughs> but, another but deep that's conversation. Another, right? Right? <laughs> Don't take it somewhere else, brother. <laughs> but it backfire. I, I when I when I when I um we, we were we were at home getting ready and she said, Would you be mad if I decided not to go? Wow. Yeah. I didn't, ooh, I didn't know that part. Uh-huh, okay. Uh-huh. It was, and I got nervous. So ooh. I tried to play it off. I was like, well, I understand you're not, you know, you're not feeling, you're not feeling well. So I do, you know, totally understand. Now in retrospect, I think she was actually testing me on that one to see how I was going to respond. Got you. Cause I could have very easily been like, no, you gotta go. Right. You got, no, you, you know, but I didn't, I was like, I understand, you know, you're not feeling well. Um, I said, I think Jermaine, I understand, but <laughs> You know, I said he he really is planning on you being there. I said he may even call you up on stage to talk about the show right night. And she's like, okay, I'll go. Cause she's the voice of one of my favorite segments, yep. What in the World. What so the that's world? her saying What in the World. Shout yeah. out Lakinia. Yeah, yeah. So I, I that was my way of getting her there. Now, what if she hadn't went? Or decided and said, you know what? Yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and stay home. I would obviously have to tell her. And then the surprise would have been spoiled. Ruined, right. So so sometimes because we lack faith and trust for God and we want to see everything, Mm -hmm. like we don't want to have faith because we just want to know. So like with me, I don't like being surprised because it's too much. It's like (laughs) I tell my wife all the time, like, don't surprise me. She Mm -hmm. surprised me last year. Yep. For my birthday party, y'all were there. We were there. Um, that was the one and only time I've ever been surprised that I could think of. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those things where it's like, I'm happy it happened and I'm happy it's over. Because <laughs> yeah, being right. surprised is like, it's just too much happening with it. But my point is, at the end of the day, there, there are times where we don't want to trust God because we don't want to go through that 
Like, all right, surprise, what do you have for me? Because mm-hmm. that's really what it comes down to a lot mm-hmm. of times is like, I don't want to be in that position where I act crazy on God when I don't know what he's going to do for me or what his plans are for me. Yes, sir. Then when he reveals them, I got to be embarrassed and like, oh, I'm sorry, God. So, right, right. Exactly, man. God, and, and, and it's the thing. God is never planning to curse us. Right. He's never planning just to make you go around the mountain just so he can get a chuckle out of it. Right. God's plan is always to bless his people. Ultimately. Now you may have to you may have to go through something, but his plan is to bless his people. So you know what that makes me think about? So we're talking about trusting God's plan. Mm-hmm. And so part of what's hard about surprising someone is because it's hard to get people to trust you in certain situations. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if, if you say, hey, go here with me, it's hard to get people just to have that blind faith, right. that faith where it's like, I'm not asking no questions Let's because, go, right. that, you know, you marry, you trying to surprise your wife or she trying to surprise you. I'm I'm a tough person to surprise as well. So it's like, I'm going to ask you 250 questions. Now you got to make up all this stuff. Now you're a liar. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? So, But but the, the point is that I wonder how many things have we missed out on in life mm. because we didn't trust God's surprise right. or we didn't have faith in what his plan was. And we was like, you know what? Uh, would you be mad if I don't go, God? Because I don't know what's on the other side. Right. I don't, Abraham, I don't know that up here you want me to sacrifice my son. Mm-hmm. And since I'm not really sure why you got me climbing up this mountain right now, mm-hmm. I'm going to just not go. And wow. that's how sometimes it is for our lives where it's like, you know what, God, I'm going to just, I'm going to sit this one out until I see what you're doing mm. versus trust that you have the best plan and purpose for me. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the ultimate thing, is to to trust God, trust God, and to trust that He is trying to bless you, yeah. that He's moving in your life, and and hey, so. well, that was unexpected, deep conversation. I actually think I like the deep conversations, man. All right, but I don't like you. So can you please <laughs> exit my studio? Good to see you, my brother. All right, man. And quit locking this door, dog. I'm trying to make sure I'm at this. See you, Lavelle. Now that he's gone, we can finally focus on the people who matter. You hear the background music. You know that it's time to shout out our sponsor of the day. Today's show, Inspire God's People, is sponsored by none other than you. That's right. Whoever you are, whatever your name is, whatever type of day you're having, I don't care what type of shoes you're wearing, you are today's sponsor. You should feel empowered. You should feel good about yourself. Look at you. Look at you sponsoring a show. And they told you you weren't going to be nothing. The devil is a lie. And you know what? Now that you're all empowered and you sponsoring shows and stuff, I want you to pull out your cell phone and I want you to go to the internet and visit jwillmusic.com. And you know what else? 
I want you to tell somebody about this website and have them go to the drop down box that says podcast and hit subscribe because you are a sponsor of this show. And there's no way that a sponsor should not be subscribing to their show. Listen, I also want you to go on iTunes and search artist name, J Will Music, J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C. You'll find projects like God Knows My Art and Not Your Average. Download them, listen, share, and tell me what you think. Now, the question is, how many of y'all were surprised to be sponsors today? Hopefully, that was one of those good surprises, people. Have faith, have faith, have faith. You know what I'm saying? Faith is one of those things that is a really difficult topic to navigate in a sound way. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a lover of faith. I really love faith. Faith is a huge part of my life and my walk with Christ. And it's also something that I see being kind of misrepresented, maybe the right word to use at times in the body of Christ. And let me just say a couple of things. I'm not going to dig too deep into this because I want to get to a couple of more things today. But as it relates to faith, here's my advice to everyone, myself included. Always use the Bible as your guide to understanding it. Don't just take it and try to run with it based off how you feel, because how you feel isn't always in line with the word of God. If you could kind of remember that, because a lot of times as believers, we follow our feelings over what the word says. And your emotions are tricky, man, because you could be feeling a certain type of way one day versus the other day. And that'll have you going somewhere over the deep end. You know what I mean? I remind myself all the time. If how I feel doesn't align with the word of God, then I'm wrong, you know, because my feelings don't save people. You get what I'm saying? So let's do this. Let's just talk about a couple of the attributes or characteristics of faith or things that I have seen be misrepresented, as I said before. So the first thing I would like to say is faith is not magic. And what I mean by that is I've seen a lot of Christians be discouraged that faith is not like lightning and thunder, right? And all of these things that they can see. And when you think about even the way magic is portrayed on television, even in like Disney movies and stuff, it's portrayed as like you see the smoke and the flames and the fire and the potion and all of these things happening, right? So a lot of times people want to create faith. They want to like mix it in a pot and be like, ooh, watch this, look at the faith. And that's not what faith is. And I'm not just saying that because I feel it. When you really look at the word of God, a lot of times faith can happen over a matter of years. So when people think of like stuff that's magical or like God as a genie or you snap your fingers, a lot of times you think of something that's immediate. And what I've seen is that this walk of faith, because it takes time and it's a process, process, I say that word like every show, because it's an actual process, it's not satisfying to people's flesh because our flesh is microwavable. Like we want it right now. 
When you think about the microwave, you turn it on, you look at it, you see it happening, you get it out, right? That instantaneous um, reward for something. That's not what faith is. The second thing that faith isn't is it's not just what you want. And so what I mean by that is a lot of times the way we're taught to have faith is, hey, you want something. So let's say I want a job promotion, right? And we look at faith as, hey, just believe that you're going to get it and you can create the desire to God for you to get it. And when, again, when you look through scripture, that's just not the way that faith has been explained and displayed in scripture. And a great space for us to look at in scripture is Matthew 26 and 39. This is when Jesus is praying in Gethsemane and, you know, he knows that the time and the hour is coming for him to be betrayed. And it was very interesting to me because when Jesus prayed in verse 39, he said, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But here's the key part of that. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. I think this scripture is one of the greatest examples of faith that we can ever look at in our lives because you have Jesus here praying, going to make the ultimate sacrifice for our sins and saying, thy will be done. I believe that a huge part of faith is trusting God's will for your life. There's a major difference between trusting God's will for your life and trying to control God's will for your life. You get what I'm saying? And for the people out there with children, Think about it. A responsible parent doesn't just give a kid what they want if what the kid wants doesn't align with what the parent wants to give them. But at the same time, a good parent, their desire is to only do good by their children. But you have to give them things responsibly. So if you get a 10-year-old that wants a new car for its 11th birthday, you don't go and buy that 10 year old a car with the intent for them to drive it on on their 11th birthday, because that would be irresponsible for you as a parent. So the kid may want that car and it may be a matter of timing or it just may be a matter of the kid doesn't need what they're asking for. But you as a great parent, your job is to manage what you're giving this child based on what they can actually handle. And that's what makes you a great parent. So my question is, do we think God is a great parent? Yes. So let's say, oh, God, I want inspire God's people to reach millions of people. And I want this and I want that. Well, is that what God wants for me? Is that the responsible thing from his perspective to do? Am I ready for that? Because we're all different, right? I can't just look at someone else and say, Oh, they're ready for it. So I must be ready for it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these things like God knows us inside and out. And when I trust God, when I say thy will, not my will be done, Lord, your will be done. What I'm saying is, Lord, you know my desire for this show. You know the things I want to do. But 
more importantly than what I want to do is I want to trust that you have a purpose and a plan for me. And whether I'm doing this show for a week and I have 200 listeners or whether I'm doing it for 10 years and I have a million listeners, I just want to put it in your hands so that as long as I'm following you, I trust that the show will end up where it needs to be. Now, I know that you can do what you want to do with it. So I have no doubt that it could go somewhere. But my desire is to say, Lord, what's your will? And let me align with that. And let me be fine and trusting you with that because that's the actual most important thing. And here's the reality. Faith is not always easy. So I think when we talk about faith like it's a little game that we play, we discredit the Bible. We discredit how serious of an issue this is because guess what? This is your real life. This is my real life. Like this is not a game. There are things that I'm having faith for, but in that faith, I have to trust that God knows what's best for me because God is my father. I know that I serve a responsible father. You get what I'm saying? And when you really give that over, guess what ends up happening? There are times as a parent that let's say your kid wanted money every birthday, but instead of giving them money every birthday, you put the money in the bank. For 18 birthdays, the kid can't stand you. But on their 18th birthday, if you give them a reward, if you purchase them a car or pay their way to college, that child will appreciate you because you did things based on what you knew, knowing that the child did not yet understand what you were working out in their life. So the child is not necessarily seeing what you know will come, but if they trust you, if they just stay doing what you telling them to do, if you are a great parent, it will eventually pay off for that child. Now, what I also don't want to do is try to create this storyline of faith being a horrible thing, right? It's not horrible. Sarah received power to conceive a child. Hannah conceived a child through faith, right? So there are some great things that come by way of having faith. And some of those things may have been the desires of your heart. If they align up with God, then it qualifies for faith if it aligns with his will. So I don't want to create this storyline that, no, you can't believe God for something. But it's more about kind of using his word as the standard for what you should be believing him for, if that makes sense. Because on the flip side, again, I said faith is not magic. It's not this immediate thing. So Sarah received the power to conceive a child by faith but she also had to go through being close to 100 years old before she conceived that child. So what's my point? Sometimes you have to go through something that you didn't necessarily want to experience in life to actually manifest and experience that faith. You get what I'm saying? Then on the flip side of that, Hebrews 11 and 6 talks about how it's impossible to please God without faith. So my whole thing is this is definitely a topic that we need to really think through and really give its respect of time and studying because it's something that we literally can't please God without getting it right. Think about that. It's impossible to please God without faith. Like you could do everything else, but with no faith, you can't please him. 
part of our walk with Christ, a really a large part of it is believing in him and then believing that he will reward us. So it's just like that, that child that trusts the parent. Okay. You're putting money in an account when I would prefer money in my pocket, but I trust you. I'm your son. Then I believe that this is going to pay off. So I eventually get that reward. What that actually is. I think another thing we have to be real about is everyone's faith walk is different. So God's will for Moses was different than his will for Joseph was different than his will for David, Daniel, right? Different people have different callings and gifts and things that God wants them to do. But here's what I want you to take from this. We can't just create our whole calling based around a simple talent. So God can do a million things with one talent. So just because you're a singer doesn't mean you're supposed to be traveling the world on stages and all of these crazy things. You might be called to be a music teacher in a urban community where children really need it. And you may impact hundreds of lives and really change the course of people's history just by using your gift in that way. So what I'm saying is that we can't just chase fame and all this personal notoriety and then call it faith. And you know, the other thing for me, I'm just keeping it extra crispy with y'all. Like I can barely decide what I want on a menu at a restaurant. So I am very well aware that what I want may not necessarily be the best thing for my life in every situation when it's just based on Jermaine. You know what I mean? When it's just based on my own feelings, because I'm telling you, man, I done went in a restaurant and and thought I wanted something based off of the picture. You ever looked at the picture and placed your order like, ooh, that looks good. And you out here ordering a pecan crusted chicken breast with gravy and artichoke or whatever. And you get it and it's like, oh, that's what an artichoke is. Like I ordered something recently and I'm like, Oh, I never knew really what the art of choke. I'm just thinking God knows my art. I just heard art and just let it flow. Let, let, let it flow, people. So what am I saying? If I know I can mess up a restaurant order for dinner tonight, then how much more important is my life than dinner? How much more important is your purpose than dinner? We have to take these things serious and trust God because he knows what's best for us. Man, I need to start seeking God before I place orders at restaurants because I don't always know what's best for me. You know what I mean? I just don't, man. I'm human, I'm flawed, and I'm constantly ordering the wrong thing. Today, I went to the grocery store and bought some salted caramel uh, pecans or something, and I cracked the can open and ate them and almost spit them out in the car. Okay, but that's just me, a guy who can't even decide what type of cashews he wants. And on top of that, a few days ago, went to the store and bought this nice little uh, sweater. I love cardigans like for work, especially. I just love cardigans. I like the vibe I could pull off with a cardigan. It's kind of, you know, um, versatile. That's the word I was looking for. But I didn't like the way this one fit that I bought earlier this week. I took that back, exchanged that for some pants. Now, what type of decision making is going on here? How do you go from wanting a sweater to just saying, forget it, I'm gonna get pants. But that's me, you know, like, that's my reality. 
And I'm glad my life ain't in my hands because the reality is I done already messed some things up and it ain't even in my control. Imagine if it was in my control. But hey, thank God for the unknown. Even though it is quite the challenge, even as I stand here today, I got faith. Faith, faith, faith. faith, faith. It's time for my favorite segment of the show. And I got a lot to say today. It's what in the world, y'all. What in the world? 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 What in the world is up with people who ride their bikes in the street with the cars? Okay, this is something that I have wondered for a long time, you know, and maybe it's because I'm from Michigan and Detroit is really just now becoming a bike friendly place. You know what I'm saying? Like they have the little bikes downtown that you can rent now and they actually did pretty well last year. So it's becoming a thing. Uh, Detroit has been gentrified downtown. So they're adding bike lanes everywhere. They've already added bike lanes everywhere. Okay, cool. But I wasn't in Detroit when this happened. I was pretty far from the city, you know, at least 45 minutes outside of the city. And there are no bike lanes where I was driving at. And the reason I'm bringing this to the show is because it happened twice in one day. And I just was a little blown away. So imagine you're driving down the street. Now, here's the thing. I said driving, and that means that I'm in a car, right? Because streets, in my mind, were made for cars to be on. There are two lanes, not two and a half lanes, not two lanes and a bike lane. It's only two lanes. We're driving, and I guess people, help me out. You guys out there and gals who are riding your bikes in the streets with cars, first of all, you're brave. Okay, I just want to go ahead and throw that out there right now. First of all, you are a pretty brave individual. Matter of fact, you have a lot of faith. <laughs> you have faith in all these people driving all these heavy cars that they not texting and driving or that they not going to swerve or nothing, that they are somehow just going to edge their giant vehicle continuously around you while you call yourself doing them a favor by riding on the curb. And I guess I guess you feel good about yourself because you're doing that in your little tights and your bike helmet. OK, I'm not mad at you. I just don't understand what's up with y'all and how y'all feel like. Now, 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 here's why it bothers me. OK, because it's a sidewalk right here. This sidewalk is no people walking on this sidewalk. You know what I mean? Like this is not a busy area. You got a sidewalk all to yourself and quiet as kept. The sidewalk is bigger than the bike lane. So, I mean, you got a lane where you can ride backwards, side to side. You can lean. I mean, you can do your thing up here, but you want to come down into my area, into my space. You feel what I'm saying? Okay. Now, let me get to the second scenario. Same day. Really, it was minutes after each other, which blew me away because this is not, again, an area where this is like, the norm. So it's not like I'm around where you can rent all these bikes and it's like, bike riders, come on, let's do it. No, it's just, I'm just in a street, like a street where the speed limit is like 45, 50. So this second guy, oh, he took it real far. This guy took it somewhere I have never 
seen it taken before by bike riders in the street. You know what happened? There was a gentleman in the left-hand turn lane on a main street on a bike. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, what's going on? Hey, what just happened here? This guy is on his bike making a left turn in regular traffic with cars. Like this literally happened. So imagine me if I'm feeling like, okay, so what do we do right now? Like, do we wait on bike man to go ahead? Does bike man follow the turn signal of the car now? So now you just in regular traffic. Listen, it's only so fast you can go with your feet, bruh. Like my man is riding a bike at probably two miles an hour in a 45 mile per hour lane. There's a couple of things that I took away from this situation. The first one, I kind of alluded to it. You could have the whole sidewalk to yourself, but you choose the street. Even though the street is a much more dangerous place for you because you don't, you're not equipped, right? You know what I'm saying? You don't have on the proper equipment. You don't have a bumper, okay? A carburetor, alternator, a muffler. This is the proper equipment for a street. You have a bike frame, two wheels, and a chain, and some handlebars. Oh, and oh, don't let me forget the plastic helmet on your head. First of all, I don't wanna judge anyone out there. I don't, I don't wanna condemn you, but I have a problem with adults who wear bike helmets, okay? I went my whole childhood, and you did too, cause you're older than me on this bike. You went your whole childhood and survived riding and jumping off of hills and falling and scraping your knees and all type of stuff. And you mean to tell me that by putting this plastic helmet on your head that you can't survive adulthood on a bike? Well, maybe not if you're driving in the street. Back to the point. You could have had the sidewalk to yourself. See, I think sometimes we go in life and it's like, look, you could have this part all to yourself but because this is smaller than that, you want the bigger thing. So it's like, no, nah, God, I want the street. And God is like, yo, but I gave you the sidewalk all to yourself. Like you could do whatever you want to do on the sidewalk. It's yours. And so it, it makes me think about being content. That, that's what that part makes me think about. Like, you know what, Lord, let me just be content with the sidewalk in my life. Like if you gave me the sidewalk all to myself, I'm gonna chill on the sidewalk because driving in this dangerous place that, or, or riding in a place where other people are driving, it's dangerous, I'm not equipped, and guess what, if something happens, I'm, my life can instantly be taken away from me. Now the second person is a little more out there for me because what this says to me is, I'm completely out of where I'm supposed to be if I'm on a bike making a left turn with cars, because when you're driving on the street, you know what the lanes are supposed to do? The lines, the lines are to keep you in your lane. The lines are to guide you. The, the lines, when they're broken up, it means you can pass people, you can go around people. If it's a solid line, that means you're not supposed to go outside of that line. That's a no passing lane, that type of deal. You feel what I mean? And so these lines in our life, also known as the Bible, is put in place to keep us in our lane 
so that we don't lose focus, but we keep swerving because the other lanes, you looking like, oh, I want to go over there. And, and it, it's kind of the same thing as the person is driving on the curb, but that person is driving on the curb has not completely lost their mind. They're just a little out of order and maybe need to just, okay, let's just make a step to the right and you good. And some of us, man, it's like we are so far gone that it takes a re-understanding and relearning of the foundational things like, hey, this isn't a bike lane. Uh, when you see the left-hand turn signal, look, you don't have a blinker, sir. You have a bike. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you don't have even, nobody knows what you're doing. And so what ends up happening is not only are you putting yourself in danger when you're out of your lane, you're putting everyone else in danger when you're out of your lane. And people don't want to hurt you. They don't want to hit you, but they in a car. You get what I'm saying? And it's like, you got us out here driving and now we're out of our element. Like, what do we do when something that's not supposed to be here is here? And so my point at the end of the day is this. It's really simple, people. I need you to stay in your lane. I remember being in the backseat of the car as a kid. We were driving on I-75 and it was pouring down raining. And my mom was super nervous. Like she was like, oh, it's raining. What? Put to the side. All this stuff. Cause it's, it's pouring down. And my dad was like, I'm good. And she like, how can you see? Like, you not good. And I remember like it was yesterday. He said, I'm looking at the lines on the road. As long as I see the lines, I can stay in my lane. And look, I know it's hard to stay in your lane sometimes because we live in a world full of distractions in a world where everyone else seems like they have it all figured out and it looks like their life and their lane is so perfect and it's hard, you know what I'm saying? But I'm telling you at the end of the day, just trust the Lord that your lane and your purpose is where you're supposed to be. Lavelle, pray us out, man. Father God, we come to you totally throwing ourselves on you. Lord, the unknown is a very scary thing for us. But Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would help our unbelief, that you would help us to totally trust you. We pray that you help us to not always want to be in control of everything, but to totally trust, totally rely on you, to step out on you. And Lord, when the unknown tries to overtake us, when fear tries to grip us, we know that we can come to you because you are our Father. So Lord, we know that Jesus is with us. We know that your spirit is on the inside of us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? We trust you, Lord. And we ask for help in the areas where we don't. Thank you so much, Father. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today's J. Will music song of the day is Faith to Faith by the James Boys. That's me and my brother, Darius James. We recorded this project called Afraid to Be Great with our good friend, Darrell Red Campbell Jr. on bass. And we did this all in one day, man. So enjoy.
Faith to faith. They're sleeping on me anyway. I can blow up any day. Don't be trying to chase the bandwagon when they roll away. But that's just life. And I'm under the type of pressure that can bust pipes. People lose before they win, and I know this. But it's hard to start from scratch when you don't itch. I haven't been everywhere, but it's safe to say that I travel from faith to faith. And back I had some again. ups and downs along the way. I did a few good things and I made mistakes. Missing me loves company, but I can't stay because I gotta get back to faith. Today I feel like I'ma make it Yesterday I felt sort of like bacon So fried, I was about to break fast Jesus paid for my sins, they don't take cash What? You mean money can't save me? Well why do people say they broke then? Money can't break me Money ain't make me, money ain't lately Been in my account but I still got gravy And just enough time to mash me some potatoes Make something out of nothing man Money ain't favor, money just paper So I wrote this on it Money can't make faith but faith can make money I do understand money answers all things But there's a thin line between love and need and even though i really wouldn't mind being rich that's not the main reason that i went from faith I to faith down along the way did i do good things and i made mistakes miss me love company but i can't stay because i gotta get back to faith i'm out of here faith to faith from faith to faith faith to faith from faith Slow down right here. Now I done talked about everything from faith to faith. And I still got faith that I'ma see her face. Hey baby. I talked about her brother in another song. Sometimes I really don't know what her mother's on. For real ladies, y'all so crazy. But I got one that I could go to the grave with. Or either go to the grave for. Whichever one comes first, that's what I'm made for. Uh, and my faith that never stop. Even if we end up having to adopt Giving some child a home I praise God that we even got that option So use caution before you get abortions Maybe you could put it up for adoption Thanks for listening, I know I had a lot to say It's no coincidence, I wrote this verse on Father's Day I had some ups and some downs along the way Did a few good things and I made mistakes, yeah Misery loves company, but I can't stay Because I gotta get back to faith I gotta get back to faith. You gotta feel that. It's gotta be real to you if you want your life to change. And if today's show inspired you, I'm asking you to do me a favor. Share this with one person. It could be a friend, family member, coworker, but tell them about jwillmusic.com or to search Inspire God's People in the Apple Podcast app and have them check out the show. Do me a favor, hit me up on JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com to let me know you did it. I love y'all.